So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This season of For F1's Sake is brought to you by Carfection. Or maybe Carfection is brought to you by For F1's Sake. So the last video that I put up on Carfection has had nearly 17,000 views. That's pretty good, I think. Terry's State of F1 are the most talked about videos on the channel. And uh, let's have a shout out to Yash Katare, whose comment said, at this point, I can't tell if he's joking or actually serious. Not only that, but Carfection on YouTube is the place to go for anyone who loves cars that are fast, expensive, luxurious, or just plain cool. Antonius Yudistra says, I haven't seen a Carfection video with more dislikes. All right. <laughs> and it features the best looking car content anywhere online. Matthias G. Lauper says, Now I know how people feel when I'm told my jokes are not funny. Visit youtube.com forward slash carfection and support Terry Saunders now. Lockdown has turned this guy crazy. Talking absolute rubbish. This video will be removed by carfection. Mark my words. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, Styrian Grand Prix podcast. It's the same as the Austrian Grand Prix podcast, but not quite as good. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm going to uh, be wet for the first part of it, though. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podium robots of F1 podcasts. We're more like, I know knitting machines aren't really a thing anymore, but you know if someone had like the Ferrari logo, but it was clearly done on a knitting machine by his nan, and you'd be like, that's not Ferrari, mate. Knitting machine? Oh, come on, Phil. You know what a knitting machine is. I know what a sewing machine is. Is that what you mean? No, I mean a knitting machine. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the excuse Bottas gives when he's had a bad day. Didn't you hear it? You went, oh, I was doing the qualifying lap, but Missed Apex finished. And then For Formula One's Sake came on and it just put me off. <laughs> I'm Chigrez, and today from our houses, we are going to talk about the Styrian Grand Prix. Not Syria, not Austria, not Styrofoam, not STI. Styria. Keep up, robots, Ferrari, fuck-ups, all the usual shit. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who has literally done nothing this week. It is Phil Tromans. Right, I can see this going to this is going to become a problem because we're on I'm I'm still basically on lockdown. I'm not going out, I'm not doing anything. There's a race every week until the end of time. 
and more are just being piled onto the end. I've, I've, I don't think I've left the house since the last podcast. You're not I've going for nothing. runs. No, I've got my bike machine in my garage, haven't hey. I? So I don't, I don't even go. Out, I don't even go for runs. I go for. I go. I've, I've cycled a long way. But okay, I tell us about what are you. Got, give us a tell, bike machine story. Yeah. Um, a bike machine? This? That's not a thing. Are you thinking oh, okay. of a sewing right, machine? All right, all right, all right. Okay. I'll, my nan had a bike machine. That's just, why I'll, we I'll called her bike. The, she was called the village bicycle. <laughs> oh, that wasn't why. That was a different. Name. <laughs> um, I did do. Uh, I did do the uh, the virtual tour de France. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they do this thing normally in real life outside. They do uh, this thing called the adapter tour, sorry, which is basically one. Sorry, stage when you say the, outside, outside. Outside. Yes, you know, in real life. Oh, right, okay. They do a thing called the Etapter Tour, which is basically a, a sporting event for the general public where you do one stage of the Tour de France. But obviously this year, they're not doing it. So they did it virtually on the uh, on the virtual cycling system that I use, which is called Zwift. So I joined about 1,800 other people cycling in our garages all on the same virtual world, charging around France, which Aww. is quite fun. And alongside him is a man who's had a haircut. It's Terry Saunders. Yeah, I didn't really feel that myself with my hippie hair. So I went to the hairdressers this week and, you know, it was all interesting. It was, you know, it was COVID safe. There was a little hand sanitizer. The guy was wearing a mask. Well, the problem is it's kind of like a, the place I go to is like a Turkish barber's. And I hadn't really realized in the past just quite how much they touch you. Oh, (laughs) say what you like about the Turks, but they... Like actually, I've just, when they're cutting your hair. They missed you. I just realised actually that I don't even know if they are Turkish. I'm just thinking they are because Turkish barbers <laughs> is a thing. So we spent the last two podcasts, me waxing lyrical about Black Lives Matter and anti-racism. And then the next week <laughs> I just casually go, oh yeah, foreigner cuts my hair. Probably Turkish. Don't even know. <laughs> he was speaking funny. <laughs> but um, did they do, have, have they all got individual special powers where they uh, they do something weird to you as well as cut your hair? Because that's my experience of Turkish barbers is they all have their own individual thing, whether it's like a finger massage or a seam in your ears with a lighter or something. This guy gave me a proper face massage, which, mm. you know, <laughs> to the point where you're just thinking, okay, if you've got COVID, you've just put your finger up my nose. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure I've got it now. Thanks, mate. And um, every time he cut, cut it anywhere near my fringe, his fingers just kind of hit my face. <laughs> just probably just basically just slapping me, which, you know, say. you pay extra for. Yeah. Maybe uh, watch some of your videos. <laughs> I didn't know at what point to take the face mask off or to do it. So I said, oh, so what do we do? And he went, well, just take the face mask off. And I'm like, well, don't make it sound like I'm being stupid. We are in a pandemic. <laughs> and then I felt really stupid for having a face mask on. And then he just put everything in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chica, how has your haircut stroke bike riding week been? Uh, I've had no haircuts. Um, and I've been bike riding, but with no good stories. Like uh, Phil. <laughs> My haircut cost 60 quid. At least I got a fucking anecdote. 60 out of it. quid? What are you talking about? Have you ever go at me? Fucking hell. That's have face you seen massage. This? I hope that face massage was fucking amazing. Okay, you lefty slags. Here's Listener's Corner. Before the race on Sunday, we were treated to a highly entertaining and very soggy qualifying in which Lewis Hamilton produced a lap from the gods to finish more than a second ahead of anyone else. But you lot seemed more impressed by a Williams. Russell Trigg said, Every qualifying session should be a wet. Can't remember the last time I got to cheer on a Williams into Q2. Bernie's sprinkler idea seems like a good idea now. 
Mike Hawkins said, I think Saturday made up for Sunday being a bit quiet. It let Russell show off in conditions that levelled the cars somewhat. That was a good qualifying. I mean, it was great. I mean, that, was a, that, that Q1 alone was better than all of the French Grand Prix. All of the French Grand Prix, yeah. plural. All of the yeah. ever, ever French yeah, yeah. Grand Prix that's, there's that's ever been. That's what I mean. Well, certainly yeah. since they came back to... Uh, no, 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 no. All of the French Grand Prix. Well, Magnicor. No, 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 no. Some of them are good, but uh, not Dijon. as good as that Q1. Dijon was pretty good. That Q1 was better. Nine, whatever it was. Come on, mm. let's do this Anyway, year. all right, fine. Um, yeah, it was cracking, wasn't it? Bloody maybe, great. Maybe, Ber- maybe Bernie was right. I mean, not about the racism stuff. Well, but if he's right about one thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to, to, to make Formula One exciting, add a load of water, and then you see who the, who the good drivers are. And the good drivers turned out to be the drivers that we thought were probably the good drivers and george russell and george and, well, russell we th- i mean we've been saying george russell's pretty good yeah but we've never so seen it, it and now we've seen it so yeah. I was he was a lot better than i thought he would be on saturday on sunday the, yeah, he yeah. was <laughs> rubbish more on, that, more on that later oh yes. but no it was uh that lap did you did, have you did you go into any detail on that lap did you watch it back yeah of course uh, i think i'm um, cheeky probably did as well yeah both of us yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It might, be the, it might be the best qualifying lap I've ever seen. Which one are we talking about here? Hamilton's. Oh, I thought you oh, meant yeah. Vettel, sorry. To absolutely <laughs> annihilate everyone. I mean, he was win- he was beating everyone by half a second even before Verstappen tried to match him and then spun off at the third attempt, uh, having nearly crashed twice already. And then Hamilton added another more than half a second to that as well. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. He gets a lot of stick, Hamilton. Sometimes justifiably, sometimes not. But he's a... Re- Donkulously good driver. That's not a word, mm. but that it is works. now. Yeah, it works. He deserves a new word. Okay. But once the race got going, everyone wondered how Ferrari were going to compound their already rubbish weekend, having qualified solidly mid-pack. We didn't have to wait long to find out, as Charles, the future Leclerc, poured a whole pot of ink over his copybook and rammed the rear wing off his teammate. Both cars retired. Will Bowen says, good to see Leclerc following team orders this week. Last week's second place finish is not in keeping with this Ferrari's plan for this year. Nathan Smith says, Ferrari are proper shit. Car shit, drivers are shit. Next year's driver being outclassed by a 20-year-old. Isn't this brilliant? And Ben Turnbull has an idea. I have an idea, he says. Ferrari could cheat. I'm almost 100% sure they would get away with it. And even if they were to get found out... They could try to use their status to manipulate the FIA in covering it up. Well, I've been thinking more about this whole, you know, did they cheat, did they not last year thing. They did. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, you know, we were all quite angry at the idea that the FIA said, okay, we'll do a secret agreement and, you know, we're not going to announce and have any transparency what it is. And everyone got rightly angry. I think the FIA have pulled a fucking masterstroke here because they said, right, you're not going to get any punishment except we've frozen the engines this year and you're fucked <laughs> and you are <laughs> fucked and actually you're fucked for the next few years because there's only like three engine upgrades in the next 20 years allowed or something so is this just the just letting them stew in the in yeah. mess that they've made for themselves it's it's like, maybe that's the reason why they didn't give uh, leclerc a penalty as well for yeah. one of the worst bits of overtaking i've ever seen this is the new this is the new fia they just they're going do you know what your penalty is you have to wear Ferrari colours and parade around in front of everyone. Yeah, you made your bed. You better fucking lie in it. Wow. Your point about the engine freeze, it's it's not 
just a case of them being rubbish now. I mean, they could conceivably be rubbish for the next two years until 2022. It, yeah. Because even not, then, it's much harder now to upgrade. And even then, 22, the, the engine upgrades aren't that much. I mean, you'd think it'd be enough to kind of equalize things but i think can you can you can sort of start again with a new version can't you i don't, I don't, I don't know i'm not it's really all very complicated i'm just um, i'm just copying things i heard on another podcast <laughs> yeah we thought last week was crap for ferrari <laughs> this was just <laughs> even worse. it was like just every single session they just got worse and worse and worse you know qualifying was abysmal and everyone was like oh my god they've got out in their first session of qualifying or if it was the second session of qualifying but and then they crash into each other on the first lap i tell you what i don't get uh, so there's a lot of people saying oh vettel's having to qualify in the mid mid grid and now you know that's why he's going to have trouble because you know he hasn't been there for ages but leclerc was in a sauber like two years ago so you'd think of all the drivers of the top teams who had to go back to being qualifying like 11th or 12th, he's the one that only two years ago regularly qualified there and surely he should have the racecraft to at least yeah. get through the first quarter. Maybe. To not try and go for a gap where there's no gap when there's already three cars trying to go for the same space anyway. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it was piss poor from Leclerc. And in fairness to him, he did stand up immediately afterwards and go, that was entirely my fault. I'm very No, scared. I'm not having this. I'm not having this. I, just because he owns up to it, that doesn't make him a better person. He would have been a worse person if he hadn't, so I disagree with myself. But <laughs> I don't like people giving him credit for going, oh, yeah, it was me, I did a really bad thing. Oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, you know. Oh, I, by the I, think, I think people oh, are giving him credit because, yeah, I think people are giving him credit because you would put money on most F1 drivers not doing that. Exactly, exactly. I think I think it's nice a nice change to have yeah. an F1 driver it's, it's nice that he owned up to his horrendous and unforgivable exactly. mistake that exactly. completely ruined the entire team's weekend. Fuck. Um, and yes, the car is shit. The drivers are not doing very well. Um, yeah, science is going to be <laughs> really regretting everything, I think. Good. I don't like him. So after the race, everyone probably forgot about the on-track battles because of what surely must be the finest innovation of Formula One since the Pirelli National Hats. Yes, it was the trophy robots that stole all of our hearts and stopped the drivers having to shake hands with some disease-ridden local official. Tristan Clayton says, stick a rear wing on a podium robot and the Ferraris would be even nearer the back. And David Setterfield says, an even better idea, he says, what about a podium robot race? Whose idea was this? I don't know. I didn't know anything about them until I saw them, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Apparently, they were in the uh, the, the the F2 and F3. Yeah, races I saw the F2 going. race, and that was kind of fun. Phil, this is what F1 is all about: pointless over-engineering. Okay, when you say pointless over-engineering, what do you imagine is in those boxes? I'd imagine it's a large box with a remote control car underneath it. Right, but which is it's probably made out of carbon fiber. Probably no, more expensive. It's exactly that. It's a remote control car with a box resting on top of it, and yeah, out of shot, there's a bloke with a little remote control going forward. Yeah, I love it. That's not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> that's not an innovative Formula One robot. That it's as is as much as a robot as Johnny Five was, and Johnny a Five co- was a proper robot. No, no, that was a film, <laughs> Phil. And that Isn't, this is that, a film. Terry. That you don't robot think Formula One's real life, do you? No, that robot had character, Johnny Five. You know, if. <laughs> He'd have given if he'd have given Lewis Hamilton his trophy and then did a little speech about going, you know, I know about Black Lives Matter, but also Robots Lives Matter, and I want to be a real boy. Then maybe we could have gone with it, but instead, it's just like give, fucking it, give them a chance. This is only the first episode of Podium Robots. You know, the 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 soon to be I would watch spin-offs the... spin-off series on Netflix from Drive to Survive. That's I mean, I watched that actually. I'd I like mean, to see where yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine it's going to be like Dynasty. 
Just, you know, with compelling characters and drama every week. Wouldn't it be better if it was more like Robot Wars? Oh, I love oh. Robot Wars. So you'd have, have, well, we could have themed oh, episodes each week. Was... So, so hang on, who... Well, could you have could you have like the losing teams? They make the robots. Oh, nice! For, well, it'd have to be for the following week, unless they have to be yeah, really yeah. quick. Yeah, right. Fun. You've got five minutes to make a podium. Well, right. Ferrari had two hours. To be fair, <laughs> um, Alex Kiriakou has health concerns. Really good race, but the social distancing is well bollocks. The trophies are handed out by toy cars in front of the TV's cameras like they are contaminated, but behind, where we can't see, everyone is huddled together like battery hens. What is with that? It's bubbles. Bubbles, Alex. Everyone's in a bubble. If you're in a bubble, you can do whatever you like with those people. They can massage your face, other things. But when you're not in a bubble, you don't go fucking near them. That's the point. And the thing is, it's been overkill, right? This has been total overkill, but also... Formula One kind of has to be overkill because they've they've got to be seen to be doing better than everyone yeah. else. So, better yeah. safe than sorry. Mm. Yeah, you know if they if they don't do something, basically if if anyone basically if anyone in Formula One gets coronavirus, that person's team is shafted because and they'll all have to isolate, and there's a race every week, and they'll miss at least a couple of them, and that's and their you- season completely annihilated unless they're yeah. Williams, of course, in which case it won't make a difference. But or Ferrari, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> Um, so they've really got to be super. I mean, you know, we'll talk more about uh, the rules on that kind of thing later. I think, but um, they've got to be super duper careful. And yeah, it is a little bit silly when they're all standing, you know, thirty feet away from each other and they're all wearing masks all the time. But better that than giving each other coronavirus. In other news, Racing Point had a more reasonable Styrian race, but could they be in trouble for che- being cheating copycats? Renault says yes, and lodged a protest with the FIA about the suspiciously Mercedes-like RP20 that led to stewards impounding some parts from the pink car and asking Mercedes to supply examples from its 2019 W10 so that they can be compared. Racing Point says Renault's protest is misconceived and poorly informed. Right. What have Mercedes said about this? Mercedes are staying as far out of it as they possibly can, although they've been legally required to hand over some brake ducts, this is the particular parts they're talking about here, to the FIA so that they can compare last year's Mercedes brake dust with ducts with this year's Racing Point brake dusts. Basically, dust. That's really hard to say. Brake God, ducts. it's just so boring, isn't it? And no, this is, this is proper F1. But how did Renault know? Renault strongly suspects. How do they strongly suspect? Because business. We don't know, I don't think. No, because but, Renault but they've, were behind. They basically said, we think, we think that they have illegally copied these parts. And from what I can tell, the thing about the brake ducts is you can copy the brake ducts by, you know, looking at pictures, which apparently is legally fine. But there's a load of stuff going on inside the brake ducts, which you wouldn't be able to copy unless you had the blueprints for them. And Renault was saying, we think that they're the same inside. Or- but how do how, Renault know how that? Do they know? Well, they don't. I, you know, maybe they're just grasping at straws. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But the thing this is, is what if, Renault, if Renault were ahead of Racing Point right now, they wouldn't give a shit. And that's what no. annoys me. No, no, no. Well, that's F1 all over, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it you annoys know. me. It's all They'll shit. do anything they possibly can to, to sabotage them. It's and it, just uh, so boring. At the very least, just... it means that, that uh, Racing Point haven't got any brake ducts for a few days. <laughs> thing is, I know that we're we're recording this podcast and I like to sound informed and prepared, despite (laughs) 
and then I like to back it off and sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, secretly up there. Officer, yeah. So I was watching some videos and trying to read an article about this, and everything I did, I got bored within like a paragraph. Just <laughs> can't be fucked. Just it this is, is the so area dumb. of it is the area of F1 where a lot of people tune out, but then there are hardcore, you know, group of especially people who are like, though. Oh, this is the best bit of it. And I'm not saying that you should break the rules because they won't be. In a couple of years, the rules won't be the same. But it is funny that from next year, all the teams have to do these like open source parts and give. Like, if they do a certain part, they have to go on an open source list, and any other team can use it. Yeah, so it's, it's like quite, Wikipedia. So it's quite funny now they go in. We've just done the rules a couple of years in advance. <laughs> but this is this has happened since as far back as I can remember. So it's way before we've started watching it. You know, remember the nineteen seventy six season where Hunt was disqualified for having his wings slightly too wide, and then he was reinstated, and then he was disqualified again, or whatever the hell happened. You know, this well, always goes on. They'll do they'll do anything they possibly can to uh, to nobble the other teams. Two more Grand Prix have been confirmed for twenty twenty, bringing us up to ten. The fun keeps going on in Italy on September the 13th, the week after Monza, when we head to Mugello for the first time and what's been dubbed the Tuscan Grand Prix. Then we're off to Russia on September the 27th, which is actually what was planned before all this malarkey started. And remarkably, the organisers say they're going to try and let fans in. (sighs) Do you know what? I, as a viewer, do not miss fans at all. No, I entirely agree. On the TV coverage, you cannot tell at all. Apart from the fact that they don't swamp the swamp the track and they don't have anyone to pointlessly cut away to during actually quite interesting moments. And also, for the last couple of years, the fans have all been fucking Verstappen orange-wearing wankers. So they're annoying. Although, I think what could happen, to go back to our earlier point, what if when the cars, you know, when the race finishes and they all go to the podium, instead of fans, podium robots swarm the track. Thousands of them. Hundreds and thousands of them. And maybe... Yeah. You can pay to have one of your face put on one of the robots. Oh, I love it. Like cardboard cutouts just yeah. on a lollipop on the top. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm all over it. Was it Honda did something years ago where you could pay to have your a message or your photo or something as part oh, of a collage yeah. on the car? And oh, yeah, you could, I mean, I would pay 50 quid to have my face on a podium robot that was That'd driven straight at, the, straight at the drivers, especially now that they have the podium on the main straight. Mm. Yeah. They should literally just come flying around the corner like a swarm and just barrel down at the drivers who then have to get away. No, this is a great idea. Brilliant. I was going to say, should we talk about Russia first? Because that's sort of a known. It'll be boring. Everyone's going to die. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking, letting fans in, but, you know, let's wait and see how that goes. Mugello will be Ferrari's 1,000th Grand Prix, officially. Yeah. And it's, because I think it was even going to be called, like, the Tuscan Ferrari 1,000 or something. But obviously, Ferrari aren't doing very well this year. Now, I reached out on Twitter and asked, oh, I should probably find out who said this because someone actually did the work for us. Fuck it. I asked for someone to work out. Because you know we were talking last week about how Ferrari have actually been shit more than they've not been shit over the years. So I asked on Twitter for someone to work out what is their average finishing result over the 1,000 races, or you know, 900, 970, whatever. And the answer I got back was, depending on the way you work out averages, either 5th or 8th is their average race finishing position. Wow. And I think, actually... That's achievable. And I think they should do a big PR blitz to say we are aiming <laughs> for fifth and eighth at Mugello because I reckon that's doable. Yeah. No, that will definitely sort them out uh, at at Mugello in Italy on their 1,000th race. Yep, be um, fine. At a track that they own as well. Yep. They own Mugello. There is but a it's... way they can win this 
which is the wacky races style of like oil slicks and upturned nails. Greg Carter is the man who uh, gave you that information, who did the maths. Thanks, Greg Carter. Oh, cheers, Greg. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for f one sake or find us on Facebook where we're for f one sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And thank you to all the women who have donated since my rallying cry in the last episode. They are Joanna Greenland, who says, Point for Chica for standing up for the lady fans. Thank you, right, Joanna. Although, is, it literally, is it just a point for Chica? Well, it's it'll, be, it'll be a half. <laughs> and Emily Chalkley. Thanks, Emily. You're Thanks, a Emily. trooper. But what about the men, you ask? All sexes matter. Paul Hewings. Thanks, Thank you, Paul. Paul. Red Bull's got Paul Hewings. Gives you Paul Hewings. Red Paul gives Hewings. Wow. That was actually quite good in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, subjective, but yeah, no, I like Fuck it. you. Jason Wright. Jason Wright, right, right. Or right at the back. That's a Michael Barrymore reference. Sorry, Jason. Adrian Barua, who also says, please can we have a Hass podcast? Just an edit of you saying Hass. It's a bit weird. It's very specific. It's like ASMR, isn't it? H-A-A-S. Probably, it's probably more money, in it? Hass. I'm going to open a bar of chocolate whilst thinking Hass. Thinking. <laughs> I'm going to open a can of beer. Ready? Anyway, thanks, Adrian. Yeah, cheers, Adrian. Thank you very much. Keep us going by buying us a pint or a four-pack by heading to... FF1S forward slash dot com pint shop pint. (laughs) So I expect you'll all be wanting to be reminded of how the teams performed at last week's race. Well, we will start with Mercedes. Bottas's brakes were as glazed as our eyes listening to his excuses. Hamilton put on an absolute masterclass of a qualifying. How long until Bottas gives up again, do you reckon? Well, at least another year, because he's got a new contract. No, I mean, gives up on the championship. I mean, come oh, on. now. I think he should have given up on it already. Because you know that he last did, week... He did this yeah. last year, though, didn't he? Yeah, because he, 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 wins, he wins the first race, and mm-hmm. then he's just like, this year I can do it. And then Hamilton just turns up and goes, oh... Oh, well, we started. Sorry, I'm, I'm a second and a half faster than you on one of the shortest tracks yeah. in the uh, in the country. Sorry, I didn't, he gro- he grows I didn't realize beard. we were starting last week. Sorry. <laughs> he grows a beard. He wins a race, yeah. and then that's it. Yeah. Hamilton was busy ending racism last last week, so you know this week he's on it. Yep. That ending was being facetious. Um. Yeah. He gave know. racism he's, uh, the checkered he's flag. Still, he still has more points, though. Yeah, yeah but you know. I mean, okay. I'm actually yeah. surprised. I think they should put Russell in the car next year. Fuck it. Really? Yeah, well. Is Bottas the second best driver? No. What, of everyone? No. <laughs> but you, you don't want somebody who's nearly as good as Hamilton in the same team because they'll clash. Yeah, you want the sixth best driver, team. and he probably is. If you were Toto Wolf, would you choose Bottas? If yeah. I was Toto Wolf, oh, there's a lot of things I'd do. No, I'd go for George Russell mm-hmm. and Vettel. I'd fire <laughs> Hamilton. What? <laughs> Well, just to put your mark, are you like one of those people who gets a new job and feels like they have to do something to put their mark on it, even if it's a completely stupid thing and yep. everything was fine as it was? If I got the job tomorrow as Mercedes head of Formula One, I would fire Hamilton, <laughs> make Bottas a lead driver, 
but yeah, I'd make Bright SLE driver and have Vettel next to him, and I'd make the cars red. Wow. Mercedes were completely dominant again, even if qualifying threw things around a bit. Once they got going in the dry, Bottas made his way to the front. Hamilton was absolutely imperious. Several more races happen. Hamilton wins the title. We go on to next year and the same thing happens again. Although it'll be good this year because he'll beat Schumacher's win record and he might equal Schumacher's seven championships. So I mean, he will. Let's 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 it's let him have that. Too soon, Phil. Oh, no, no, he will. Ferrari. So Leclerc went partying in Monaco and was obviously still high on GHB as he just had to try and mount his teammate. <laughs> Vettel looked almost statesmanlike for once as he limped back to the pits. Hear Leclerc's apology if there was a charm championship. But his driving cock-ups were not the only thing he was in the Ferrari doghouse for, were they? No. So they, all those catastrophes weren't enough. Leclerc and Bottas, let's not forget, went to Monaco last week. Where they live. Where they live, but they're not allowed to go to, technically, because everyone should be staying in a bubble. And so Bottas... Have, what was their excuse? They live in Monaco and they, they, they're they Formula right. 1 drivers and they do all they the fuck they want. They wanted to go home. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Bottas didn't get into too much trouble because he said he stuck with his trainer and his girlfriend, which, fucking hell, that's going to be an awkward thing, isn't it, to be the <laughs> trainer? But, oh, what are we doing tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, great. All right, well, I mean, yeah, yeah it, okay. If there's socks on the door, but... Yeah, so that was all fine. But Leclerc was partying in Monaco and got photographed by the Paps, which means that he definitely wasn't sticking to his bubble. They're not allowed paparazzi in Monaco. Well, someone took a picture. Hmm. Okay. Pap or otherwise. I feel like that's the wrong thing to be fixated on here. People <laughs> could have died of coronavirus. And you're worried about privacy. So, this yeah, is so the media doing their job. Leclerc um, has got in trouble. Although, you can't prove that Bottas was good just because he didn't get photographised. No, I mean, he might just have been better at not being caught. but um... Well, because no one knows who the fuck Bottas is. <laughs> He could probably be in Monaco with a big banner up going, Valtteri Bottas is having a party. And everyone's like, who the fuck's that guy? <laughs> oh, Charlie Claire, quick, quick, quick. Charlie Claire was probably at Bottas' party. <laughs> Nobody even noticed. He probably organised it. <laughs> it's a funny one, this, because he got an official warning, Leclerc. I don't really know what that involves, other than just going, Please don't, don't do, do it. Again. You're making us look stupid. <laughs> That's because what the warning this, was. This again, Please. If it turns out now that because you know with a whatever it is fourteen day gestation period or however long however long it is for coronavirus, he could well have coronavirus now, yeah, and could have passed it on to everybody else at Ferrari. Which, let's be honest, could be fucking genius. A convenient excuse. How much trouble would he be in after if he had coronavirus oh. and after his massive cock up last weekend? So he'd oh, given that, it to all the team and I think he if he, just I think shit he, anyway. I think if he gave all the team coronavirus, they'd probably forget about his <laughs> crashing into Vettel. Um, yeah, it would mean that Ferrari couldn't race for, yeah. a, for several several races. Yeah, but so the, the last race, while they were all still okay, he fucked it up. Do you reckon so they'd fire think, him over that? I reckon, because that, yeah. that would be a fireable offence. Probably. I mean, they are testing everybody up the wazoo. They've done, you know, something like 10,000 tests. They test, the they're testing months. up the wazoo now. Well, Jesus I don't know how Christ. it works. I mean, this is what we were talking about last week with uh, how they do the temperature checks. Maybe they do. Maybe they listen to us. I don't know. But there's a lot of testing going on. So they probably would have caught it if he had caught it, so to speak. Um, what was the question? Would they fire Charlie Clerk if he gave everyone the virus? 
Because on one hand, he's got a five-year contract and he's the, the future of Ferrari. But on the other hand... I mean, it's probably written into his contract. If you give everybody in the team a deadly disease, your contract is null and void. Wasn't it charming that everybody, the commentary and everyone watching, presumed that it was Vettel that had hit Leclerc for about five minutes <laughs> and then go, oh, shit, fuck, okay. <laughs> yeah, for once, Vettel didn't do anything wrong, apart from be quite slow. But I said that, he was quicker than uh, Leclerc in qualifying as well, so, you know, one all. True, 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 true. Red Bull! Despite everything and not being quicker than Lewis, Max still binned it on the most important lap of the year so far. Alex Alban has settled nicely into the Gasly role of being in the right position, but so many seconds behind it is a bit embarrassing. Is Vettel going to come back home? No. Well. Unless you mean by home, you mean back to his house. So Christian Horner said on practice coverage outright, no, Vettel would not be coming back to Red Bull. But I have heard rumours since that Dietrich Mateschitz himself has told the team to bring Vettel home. So is that true? Or really is this leading? Is this leading up to a joke? No, I've heard that rumour. Where is this rumour? Where did you hear this rumour? Maybe Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of in-depth reporting people tune into this podcast for. I mean, I may have just dreamt it. I may have written it down and then read it and gone, "Oh, <laughs> that's how journalism works, isn't it?" I had not heard that. But also, well, what does bring him home mean? I mean, that could be like, you know, off him. No, they want to bring him back so he can be Max Verstappen's number two. <laughs> he no. won't do that. And they have That's Gasly no and, and have Gasly and Albon at Alpha Tauri and fuck Kvyat. <laughs> wow. Um, I think they'd replace Vettel with Kvyat after half the season. Oh, can you imagine? I don't know. I think it, in terms of a story, it'd be quite good to see him back at Red Bull, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it would be it would be a story, but it's not going to happen. Also, right. we forgot that he hadn't been. Uh, uh, I said he hadn't been in trouble this week. He was in trouble for talking to Red Bull. He was t- he was caught talking to Helmut Marco and Christian Horner, and none of them were wearing masks. So, felt got in trouble as well. That's because and he doesn't have to because he's a Red Bull driver by heart. Wow, fifty like- quid that Vettel goes to Red Bull. Hang on, let's just talk about the, the gambling here. Are we doing fifty quid? To each other, are we putting bets on, or are we doing 50 quid to dogs' trust? I mean, it's academic, because he never pays. <laughs> oh, I'm good for it. <laughs> we are, we are going to have to break your legs at some point. If we don't do it, the dogs' trust are going to do it. <laughs> right. Okay. All I'm saying is, 50 quid, <laughs> the vettel goes to Red Bull, eventually. Which means I, mean, I don't I'm have not, to I'm pay up. I'm not a gambling man, so I'm not taking that bet. But I um, don't have to not. pay up until Vettel dies. <laughs> in case he oh, does a comeback I was going to say this could massively backfire you on, on you if uh, if there's an unfortunate incident but anyway oh what so is, is there's a horrible crash with Vettel I go oh I'm 50 quid down oh boo hoo me Jesus think about his family Phil fuck it out Alex Alban yeah whatever <laughs> he's gone from being my new favourite to just that kind of that driver that's just <laughs> there just, two races is all it took in consecutive weekends and he's consigned to the, the Terry scrap heap it's just, bless you. Thank you. It was just this kind of, you didn't notice him. And then at one point you look at the timing screens and he's 30 seconds behind Verstappen and you're like, oh, fuck it out. Yeah. He's got a few good turns of pace. He could have won last week. But he's not Bottas. And that's what they need. Bottas, let's let's give him credit. Bottas is Bottas. So you think Bottas should go to Red Bull is what you're saying? I think actually, Ooh. do you know what? I Do you know what? If they were to bin Bottas and go to, you know, get Jules Russell in or something, 
I think Red Bull could do worse than get him into Red Bull. Red Bull. No, that's not a bad shout, actually. He'd be yeah. a good number two to Verstappen, I think. Yeah, he knows his place. Yeah. McLaren. Lando did another last lap social media blitz and gained 34 positions in the last six inches of a track. Sainz had a bad pit stop, but a good qualifying. So what does that matter? He's off to Ferrari and must feel like a right dick. How smug do you think Norris feels when he looks over at the end of the race and sees two Ferrari DNFs? Pretty smug. Yeah, I mean, what happens this year? I mean, I know that you got the kind of rookie season and then you get back, but Norris was kind of good last year. I know it's only two races, but he's been outstanding these last two races. So he has good. been good. He's now third in the championship. Yeah, Norris. but I mean, but what happened in practice though? He, oh. he did misbehave. Well, that was a bit of a stupid rookie mistake. Well, he was ill. He had like some weird back thing or something. Yeah, don't go into that because that's why we haven't had time to talk about. But we have had time to talk about it. <laughs> God, We're talking about it now. <laughs> That's not how that works. People will realise that this isn't... You don't stop people from talking about things so you can say later on, oh, we forgot to talk about the thing. That's not how it works. Oh, I'm going to have to come up with something else now. All right, fine. Oh, fine. No, no, you talk yes, about that. No, fine. no, no. no, no, no he was very, we've said it now. You know, it's out there. The embargo's broken. He was. He had some weird... He had to have painkillers and he had chest pains and all that kind of stuff, which I think is why he got the yellow flag. I think he was just going, oh, this hurts. Because he did back off. That's the weird, that's the weird thing. Because if you see the footage... There was a yellow flag and he was just about to overtake someone and he backed off, but he still overtook because he went slower, but still was going quicker than yeah. the other car. And the rules so, are don't overtake under the yellow. No, exactly. So he got it wrong, but it wasn't like he ignored the yellow flag. He just kind of... But he, I mean, that is that is stuff that's drilled into you at the first... Like literally years ago, I took my racing license and, and they sat you down and went through, these are the these are the flags, this is what they mean, these are the rules, don't do this. If there's yellow flags, slow down, don't overtake anyone. He should have known. There's no excuse. And I think he held his hands up and said, yeah, stupid, sorry. He did. And it was very good of him to hold his hands up and apologise. I always applaud that when a driver does that. Yeah. Um, Science was there. Science let Norris past. Well, because he had a bad pit stop. And there was a great moment on the Sky coverage where they were interviewing Science before the race. And there was pit stop practice going on. And you see him look up. And he's like, they're just doing pits. They're, they're because it was all noisy, and he was just kind of going, "Oh, let's wait, answer the question after this." And he looks up, and you can see they bungle the pit stop in practice. And he's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have looked at that." <laughs> it's just so weird. Then the next day, it's like, "Oh, yeah, they fucked up your pit stop, mate." They were practicing the science stop. Um, so yeah, so he ended up having to let Norris pass, uh, and did. And everyone was like, "Oh, that's actually what they should have done. Well done." We should actually speak about Norris's last lap because that was pretty epic. Mm. Again, for the second week in a row. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's good because obviously Perez was limping around with his broken car, having tried to do a Hamilton. But even before Perez, because he was because co- he was coming up what he was coming up behind was it Ricardo and Stroll, and they were having a little scrap. But he just got in there and ended up in front of them. That was very impressive driving, and I'm very very fond from a design point of view of the pink racing point, the orange McLaren, and the yellow Renault all being on track together. That is a <laughs> nice palette. Do they do they reflect well on the color wheel? Yeah. yeah. It's a it's triad. Just like quite floral. Yeah, chintzy. Mm. <laughs> that's what that's what everyone's going for this season. Well, Chintz. speaking of which, racing point. Nice. Tracing point forgot to p- copy the wet bits of Mercedes. Perez tried to copy Lewis and hit Albon, but got that wrong too. Yes, he hit Albon, but just stop and think about the fact that racing point is racing and very nearly overtaking a Red Bull here, and Stroll was. 
good. Yeah, they I mean, did talking... well and also not great. <laughs> I don't <laughs> the know. The Stroll story. Ah, <laughs> oh, I think Racing Point were excellent. I think that was such a good they performance were, from them. Yeah, I mean, they were good. They were good, but they've got a fast car. And mm-hmm. the driver that did the best... You've got a fast car. Someone. <laughs> yes, the Tracy Chapman Stroll is in Phil, Phil top was ten. giving a profound review there, Terry. Don't sing over No, that's all right. I'll always happily be uh, interrupted by uh, by Terry Chapman. So it's uh, it's fine. Um, Said your prayers hasn't changed the tyres. But, okay, so, you, so an excellent car... Yes, they've got it. They've got a quick really car. good, but not good in the wet. No, not at all good in the wet. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious in the wet. Um, that car does not work when it's not dry. As soon as it's dry, very good. But yeah, the slightest bit of rain. You watch now. They're going to. Um, it's going to rain at every single race, mm. and they're going to be uh, well. Maybe back. Renault should carry water tanks, and when there's a racing point behind them, they just let the water tanks go and see the Renault, the racing point go. <laughs> Didn't that actually happen back in the day? What? Didn't, wasn't there some sort of in the rules where they said they couldn't ha- the times when they said they couldn't have the cars going up and down? Something to do perhaps with ground effect. I'm sure there was a. T- I now can't remember the details. One of the teams, I'm sure, had tanks that were filled with water, and they set off, and then they immediately dumped all the water out of the tanks, and it had the and it changed the height of the car and gave them extra speed or something. I've never heard that, but that sounds like the kind it of sounds thing like, It does up. sound like the kind of thing that probably happened. Anyway, the point is, yes, Stroll went from 12th to 7th, so I think that, you know, the Lance Stroll story. <laughs> the biopic. This poor boy that came from nowhere started 12th and ended up only with his daddy's billions finishing 7th. <laughs> wow. Alpha Tauri. Alpha Tauri. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Are, are we doing tunes for them as well now? No. <laughs> it's on the plus side Gasly made it to Q3 and Kvyat got a point other than that there'll be no Styrian postcards filled with fond memories from Alpha Tauri if you had to spend lockdown with an Alpha Tauri driver which one would you choose? Kvyat Gasly oh, there you go one each done okay. no because Gasly you'd get Gasly a bit drunk and he would just be talking about Red Bull the whole time whereas I reckon <laughs> Kvyat enough time has passed he'd give you some like salty anecdotes Gasly just seems like he's a bit more fun Oh, no, he doesn't. Yeah. No. Do you I don't think either of them would be any fun. Well, true. Who would, who, would your, who would your Red Bull Academy driver be then? Scott Speed. Well, which Formula One driver in general, Chica, would you like to spend an evening with? Not in that way. An evening? <laughs> like, you know, go to the pub with when pubs are a thing again. Oh, I think I would go with Kimi Raikkonen. Be yeah. hilarious. Obvious. Would he? He wouldn't give a shit. He'd just sit there. I don't think he would be here. He'd treat it as like a sponsor thing and he would just be rude. And I bet he's really rude to waiters. He's not. I don't think he'd even rude. He just doesn't give a fuck. He just ignores everyone. Oh, yeah. You want someone that wouldn't try. You would want somebody that's like... Well, he wouldn't talk to you. He'd just sit there. A drink or a date? Who would you want to go on a date with? Well, it's going to have to be Alex Albon. (laughs) (laughs) Even though you've, you've gone off him. Yeah, it'd be one of those weird Tinder dates where you go, God, I hope he hasn't checked my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Renault. Ocon had a mighty quality and then his car overheated with a problem. Renault was sure they'd fixed. Ricardo was also there. I actually read a review of the race which described his finish as a photo finish. Uh, but actually, only on looking at the results did I see that he'd actually managed to finish at all this week. 
He was eighth, by the way. Was it me? But I barely saw him. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, you saw him at the end because he was he was a crucial part of that um that uh, color wheel triumvirate. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I only. No, I agree. Why is he in Renault? He wasn't there. Wasn't there. But there was a great story about Renault. So last week they had this engine cooling problem, which kicked um, Ricardo out of the race. And they tracked it down to be in a certain part of the radiators and there were cracks on the pipes or something. So at great Formula One style expense, they sent these faulty radiators back to Enstone to get them fixed. And then they got them flew back, you know, and they had to go through quarantine and all the rest of it and get special permission. And they got sent back to the track. And then the same thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can think is they must have gone through all that. And the last guy who delivered it must have just like dropped the box. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably like Hermes or something, just probably lobbed it over a fence into Park Fairmay. Yeah, we've left it at the, the Red Bull old. Ring. <laughs> yeah, we Hang tried on, to you... call, but you were out. It's like we're in a garage with our, with our name no, above it. It's more likely they go, yeah, it's at, it's at Silverstone. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, uh, another meh for Renault. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Oh, push pineapple, shake a tree. Alfa Romeo. Oh. Push pineapple, grind coffee to the left, to the right. Jump up and down and to the knees. Come and dance every night. Sing with a hula melody. The lovely pigeon in the sky. <laughs> I really know all the words to I could do. I did not know that. Oh, is that what that was? Kimi Raikkonen was on every advert for Sky F1 saying something that made slightly less sense every time before blasting some Shirley Bassey. Giovinazzi buggered it up in qualifying. Where are Alfa Romeo in the standings? Are they best of the worst or worst of the mids? Yeah, it's it's very tricky because that was not the answer, Phil. No, I think it is. It's very tricky because <laughs> Alfa Romeo and Haas have got this big problem in the back of their car, which yeah. is the shit Ferrari engine. <laughs> so their cars might be okay, but they've got this engine that's been downgraded through no fault of their own. To to answer your question, Chica, they are. They're the best of the not. They're the best of the non-works Ferrari teams. How's that? Ooh, nice. By which I mean Thank they've you. got two points and Haas haven't got any. Okay. But they're also only the eighth best of ten teams at the moment. So still pretty terrible. Raikkonen is turning it up and throwing it in, and Giovinazzi, bless his heart, he's been doing that for years. Just isn't but he finished eleventh, and you know yeah. what? It was all and quite actually, in fairness, for a few moments in qualifying, everyone was like, "Oh, there's Giovinazzi," suddenly <laughs> yeah. up near the top. There's my my favourite so- bit was uh, the, when he got a five-place grid penalty and then realised that actually he's already at the back anyway. So <laughs> No, there is, something, there is something remarkably depressing about a wet qualifying where an unexpected driver gets to the top and you go, fucking hell, they did a fucking... Oh, it's the new centre. We should have known that Giovinazzi was there. Oh, he's just dropped all the way down the order. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get what happened there. And within, yeah. <laughs> within two laps, the yeah. track gets three seconds quicker. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But that, you know, I like that. I like that it adds a bit of a je ne sais quoi to the uh, proceedings. It's like the whole pitting for new tyres and trying to get a fastest lap. Adds a little spice to something that could otherwise fizzle out a bit. Mm. True, true, yeah. true. Williams! Russell was the hero of Saturday with a career-best P17. And then, when all spotlights were on the Rising Star, he binned it at the start of the race. So are Williams better this year, or is it more that Haas and Alfa Romeo are shit with the Ferrari engines? I think he did better than P17. He was started P11. 
And that font's very weird. Sorry, I don't have any numbers on my laptop, so I just have to... <laughs> You don't have any numbers on your laptop? <laughs> That's the most cheeky thing I've ever heard. Cheeky, two, two ways around this, right? You could have, you could have, right? You could have written the word out, 11th. <laughs> when you say you don't have numbers, are the keys missing? They just don't work. Look, I'll press four now. No, 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 no. Four come up on the document. Four listeners, the Google Doc that we are all sharing has all the numbers coming up in order as Shuka is trying to prove so, <laughs> that the numbers is, don't work. So the numbers don't work, but then very occasionally, if you press them hard enough... Only when you're recording from the laptop <laughs> do the numbers work. So anyway, it's been a very stressful few months not having any numbers on my keyboard. It sounds like it. But imagine how stressful it's been for George Russell. He did really well. He did so well on Saturday. And then on Sunday, he didn't do quite as well. Well, he started well, and then he spun into the gravel. He's still young and inexperienced and in a crap car and trying everything he possibly can to prove that he's a good driver, even though his car's terrible. And I think he actually, overall, he's doing a very good job of that. But um, I mean, to an an extent, he would have finished out of the points anyway. No, he probably would have just gone backwards. But... He didn't have to go backwards quite that quickly. or Yeah, or literally go backwards. Yeah. But it, once again, it did show that the Williams aren't quite as terrible as they were. They were they were still at the back, but they were sort of, they could still see everybody else, as True. opposed to sort of being lapped within two laps. Better than um, last year. Yeah? Yes, definitely better than last year. Latifi, yeah. Latifi there was one point uh, in the middle of the race where I looked at the thing and Latifi wasn't last. And I sent out a tweet going, oh my God, Latifi's not last. And then within a few laps, he was last. He's not as far back from Russell as I frankly thought he would be so far. But, you know, let's give him a couple more races. Yes. Just trying to mix it up. I mean, they both finished, which didn't look likely after qualifying. So, well done. What happened with Grosjean's water pump? Broke. Oh, no. Just gave up. Yeah, well, it broke to start with. But then the team had to fix it mm. way into the night. They broke the rules on Park Fermi. Because yeah. the, the, the rules say by X o'clock, you have to be out. You can't mess with your car. If yeah. you do, what you'll is, be in trouble. But they, they Park- basically said to the stewards, look, we have to fix this or the car's not going to work. What does so, Park Fermi actually mean? Closed park so yeah they're not supposed to touch the cars after that point of view i'm not quite sure why presumably so the mechanics can get some sleep because the cars are lava (laughs) oh that's a great idea for a round when we do the third austrian grand prix later this week whenever it is just one lap no one lap but the lap is lava (laughs) (laughs) well you can only drive on the curbs or on the grass yeah or in the the top if you're luckily in the pits you survive well, there are, the no, there are obstacles. There are obstacles. There'll be, there'll be little bridges and like ramps and roadways and stuff. It's great. Anyway, Grosjean's yeah. So basically, the team breached Park Ferme rules for because they had to fix his car. Because like, if we don't breach the rules, oh, we won't fix the car and they can't race at all. So he had to start from the pit lane, which meant that he was at the back, where he probably would have been anyway. Uh, didn't get any points. They still haven't got any points all season. Only Williams also don't have any points. They're not doing, and they're not having a very good, a very good season. But they did finish, which is better than last time. Which house would you rather lock down with? Magnuson. I knew you'd say Magnuson, and you're wrong. 
Why did you know that Phil would say Magnuson? Because the obvious answer is Magnuson, because he's more fun than Grosjean. But if you think <laughs> about it, if you're going to be in close quarters for a while, for a while with him, he's going to get quite feisty. There's going to be some kind of supremacy battle, and he's probably going to win because he's a Formula One driver. Mm. Whereas I think with Grosjean, he's you good. could really put him in his place quite early on. See, I <laughs> and, would relish the battle of wits, whereas so you just balls. want to crush people straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And now to the standings with Terry Saunders. And in the lead of the championship is Bugfix. He's been downgraded back to Bottas 2.9.13. It's Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> Second place, Hamilton sent a lookalike for the first race, but he's back now. In third place, you know that when Norris gets to a party, it'll be nearly over, but about to kick off. In fourth place, quick, we need a way to distract from your Monaco party, Charles. Crash into Vettel. In fifth place, they didn't quite copy the driving bit of Mercedes. It's Sergio Perez. In sixth place, I can see my career slipping away. It's Max Verstappen. In seventh place, he's going to Ferrari, and now he's also the shittiest McLaren driver. It's Carlos Sainz. In eighth place, he's settling into the Red Bull number two routine. It's Alexander Albon. In ninth place, he's settling into the Alpha Tauri number one routine. It's Pierre Gasly. In tenth place, Dad? 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 It's Lance Stroll. <laughs> in 11th place, next year I'm going to be overshadowed by Alonso. It's Esteban Ocon. In 12th place, next year I'm going to be overshadowed by Norris. It's Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> in 13th place, next year I'm going to be working in Lidl. It's Antonio Giovinazzi. 14th place, I won't take a knee because of Russia. Daniel Kvyat. And in 15th place, one point. Oh, fuck. That's all I'm going to get this year, isn't it? It's Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> And for the constructors, uh, as the news has broken in the UK that masks will become compulsory in shops, I thought, if the teams were people, what kind of mask wearers would they be? (laughs) So, in first place, it's perfect mask. It's Mercedes. They'd wear it properly and it would be washed every day and they'd have a box of them. In second place, the McLaren mask will be drenched in Johnny Walker. (laughs) It doesn't affect getting the virus, but life's a bit happier. In third place, they didn't wear masks at the start of it, but by the end, they'll have a really good one. It's Red Bull. In fourth place, see Mercedes answer. That's racing minds. <laughs> I actually made myself laugh with that. I wrote that this afternoon and forgot. In fifth place, they're outside the shop demanding to be let in without one because they've been shopping here forever. It's Ferrari. In sixth place, it wear- they wear a mask, but it just falls off in the shop. It's Renault. In seventh place, it's nice colours, but they won't buy anything. It's Alpha Tauri. And in eighth place, they will wear a mask fine, but it won't matter as the customer will keep slamming into the wall. It's Alfa Romeo. No, it's Haas. My no, spreadsheet. It is, no, 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 no. It is Alfa Romeo. It is Alfa Romeo. You were right. Haas has got it? no points. Alfa Romeo have got two. Oh, okay. Fuck it. That'll do. I always like to end on a high. <laughs> <laughs> so it is time to reveal this week's Man of the Match of Driving. Lewis, Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, fuck oh, it. We all agreed. Say, we never agreed. I thought it's you were going to go for Norris, so I, I thought, thought I was going to be, oh. uh, be chastised for picking the obvious one. Well, in which case, let's move on to uh, the state of F1 and Terry Saunders then. This is the off-season catch-up episode where this is something that was I was mulling over on the off-season that lasted for three seasons, which is reverse grids. They nearly came in, but then they didn't. Unusually, Ferrari have been doing their best to prove how it might work with this year's car, but ultimately, Mercedes vetoed it, because even though it's exciting for us to see the silver cars blaze through the field, it gives them an unnecessarily stressful day at the office. 
But you've got to ask, do we really want to see Giovinazzi being swamped at the first corner and the running order being topsy-turvy for the first few laps? Yes, of course we do. It's something different. And if we're happy with Scare Electric's podium celebrations, we can adjust to anything that makes a Mercedes 1-2 at least a bit of an effort for them. Imagine Lewis and Max scything through the field to still end up dominating. Ultimately, it's a rule that needs to be applied, not before a season, but halfway through when it gets a bit dull. Liberty can pull the lever and say, not so fast, Stuttgart, you're starting at the back for this one. Of course, F1 is F1 and they'll game the system, purposefully not qualifying well in some fast that means Saturday will be a weird washout with just Latifi setting a lap. But don't worry, I have a solution. Reverse grids probably won't work, as the rule makers at the FIA are never quite as clever as the team's engineers and strategists. But luckily, those boffins are not as clever as me. I propose, wait for it, reverse grids. But Terry, how is your solution better? Well, in my utopia, the cars all start in the order they qualify, but they have to face the wrong way. Imagine the opening lap of a race when all the drivers have to do handbrake turns or Perez deciding to do the first lap backwards or Ocon doing a three-point turn that holds up the cars behind. It will be glorious carnage. Yeah, I love it. It'd be like a sort of modern twist on the, uh, the Le Mans start. Exactly. Imagine that. That was the State of F1 brought to you this season by Carfection. And Terry, what can we look forward to this week? This week, we are going to tackle the thorny subject of cameras in formula one and the tv coverage and how it makes formula one look shitter in an episode i call make f1 look great again (laughs) (laughs) the internet's gonna love it (laughs) all i'm saying is at one bit i'm in a trolley in a morrison's car park find the state of f1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online that's youtube.com forward slash carfection now that is it from us is goodbye to phil tromans goodbye we have not had time to talk about shit terry your your subscription to autosport has elapsed Uh, I've reached my limit of 10 stories this month but i can see the first paragraph of this underneath that information (laughs) We've not had time to talk about breaking news that, according to Autosport, outgoing Ferrari driver Sebastian Vettel is in discussions over a deal to join the Aston Martin Formula 1 team for the 2021 season. Oh, you fucker. I just looked up Autosport ah, and found that story. That's what you get I, for stealing my Lando's bad backstory. We bad haven't had time oh. to talk about Lando Norris had a bad back. <laughs> <laughs> and really, we should have found time earlier to talk about that, but I'm trusting the producer Matt would have cut that out earlier, so I don't sound like a total dick now. We'll be back next week to discuss the Hungarian Grand Prix in Hungary. In the meantime, though, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. You can buy FF1S stuff at... No, you, you do it, Chica, it's fine. <laughs> FF1S.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Do you need to put the space in there where you left a pause? <laughs> Just saying. It's all lowercase. See, it's, it's not as easy as it looks. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I'm Chi Grass. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.